Okay, guys, we are in Lesson 24. We're going to look at the fall of Babylon, because we've seen all of the judgments up to this point. And we've seen, basically, up to this point, there's total devastation. And now John turns his attention to the fall of Babylon, which is what we're going to study over the next two weeks. Now, the fall of Babylon is with regards to two specific areas. The one area is religious Babylon, which is what we're going to talk about today. And next week we're going to talk about economic Babylon, the government itself, and it, it, the economics and so forth. So we're going to talk about the fall of Babylon and religious Babylon. It's also known as the great whore or the great harlot of the Bible. So we're in chapter 17. Look with me, verses 1 through 6. Then one of the seven angels who had seven bowls came and talked with me, saying to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters, and with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast which had... which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of the abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. And on her forehead a name was written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. Okay, let's look here. First of all, the invitation of the angel. One of the angels, this is one of the angels who had one of the bold judgments, the censor judgments. One of the angels invites John to see the destruction of the great whore. Let's notice her influence. First of all, she has geographic influence. This evil woman symbolizes the religious system of Babylon. Now let me stop for a moment. Since the Reformation, which would have been in the 1500s, the most prominent viewpoint concerning who the great whore is, is it's been identified as the Catholic Church. I, 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 can't, I can't say that. You have to understand, it comes out of the Reformation period, which was in conflict with the Catholic Church at that time. But here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to tell you what this great whore is. And I think as we go through the passage, you're going to understand where I'm coming from with this. This great whore is a false religious system. That is, and you're going to see because they're embraced by the governments of the world, it is a false religious system that is embraced by the ruling powers and allowed to flourish because, okay, how many of you heard the statement, Karl Marx made the statement that religion is the opiate of the people? How many of you have heard Karl Marx say that? You've heard that before in history and so forth. Can I be honest with you? Uh, Marx is right. You agree with Karl Marx? Are you a communist? No, I'm not a communist. But not everything that Marx said is wrong. He is true. Religion is an opiate for of the people. Religion is used to control people. 
And you say, aren't you a religious figure? I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm a, I'm a follower of a relationship with God, not a religion. Now, here's what I want you to understand. It is a false religious system. And even now, like I've, I've met some people who think that this great whore is Islam. I don't think it's Islam either. I think it is a false religious system that is embraced by governmental systems to basically control people. And that has been true from the very beginning. So you've got to remember, when this was written, let's go back to the context of when this was written. When this was written was during the time of the Caesars, A.D. 90. All right? So within 60 years of the time of Jesus. The most prominent religious system that controlled people there in the Roman Empire was what, folks? Was it the Catholic Church? No. What was the most prominent system at that time? Emperor worship. Everybody had to go and offer incense on an altar to the emperor who was considered a what? God. And if you didn't offer incense. Now, you could believe whatever else you wanted to believe. It was fine. But as long as you paid tribute to the emperor, you're okay. As long as you pinch, you know, put that pinch of incense on that fire, on those coals, you're okay. Because if you didn't do it, you were anti-establishment, anti-society, anti-problem. This is what I'm trying to tell you. It's a false religious system that really is embraced throughout the centuries by governments. Now, could it be a Catholic system? Yeah, if you look at the medieval ages, you know. Uh, could it be Islam? Yeah, if you're in those countries where that's the most prominent thing. I'm, what I'm trying to say, we need to look at it in a broad perspective rather than trying to focus on who it is exactly. But I also need you to remind you that during this time, remember, there is going to raise up a religious system that the focus of that religious system is the worship of who? The Antichrist. So this is what I'm trying to tell you. It is a religious system. So this evil woman represents the religious system of Babylon. Now, let's take a little bit, if you're going to be a little bit strict about it, let's remind you, Babylon did not worship Catholicism. Babylon worshipped the god of Marduk. Do you understand? So we're using broad terms here to describe a religious system that is really controlling of people. And we're going to see that now. So notice, here's what it says. She, has, she will inf have influence over people, multitudes, nations, and languages. She'll have, she'll have influence over everybody. Somebody said, well, that sounds like the Catholic Church. Well, okay, you could say that, but it also sounds like Islam, because they're basically about the same size, both of them. The reality is, it's a false religious system. Let's go on. Here's her political influence. The political systems of the world will embrace her. Why? Because she becomes a tool for the political systems of the world. Do you understand? She becomes a tool for the political systems of the world for them to carry out what they're doing. And can I be honest with you? Religious systems are different. 
For instance, do you know what the religious main religious system is in North America? Anybody want to know what it is? What's the main religious system in this country in North America? Anybody got any idea? Want me to help you? Okay. Secularism. Where we are our gods. You understand the, the whole viewpoint of secularism, humanism, is the, the deity is ourselves. Do you understand? Every area has a deity that it worships. We worship ourselves. Do you understand? So, the political system, in fact, that's, isn't that what our political system is embracing here in our country? Isn't it? Yeah, you understand, it's a false religious system. Now, let's go on now. Notice the vision of the heart. Look with me, verse 3 through 6. Here's, here's what he sees. John is taken to see the whore in a vision. So John's going to go and see this whore. Now here's how he describes her. He sees her sitting on a red beast, which is the Antichrist. So the whore is supported by the Antichrist. So the Antichrist is going to give support to this false religious system. Because understand something, at that time, in the future, that false religious system is going to be focused on the worship of who? The Antichrist. Now, the whore is adorned with the trappings of ritualistic religion. Notice how she's described. She's described wearing purple and scarlet. She's adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls. I mean, these are all the trappings of ritualistic religion. So, I mean, you think about it. Even in the Christian church in North America, when you think of churches that are ritualistic, how do their preachers dress? Do they wear jeans? No, they're wearing what? Robes. You know what I'm saying? And big gold things and big chains. And the bigger your chain is, the more significant you are. You know, and big rings and you kiss rings and stuff. You know what I'm saying? And you, do you understand? How many? You, some of you have been to those kind of churches. Do you understand? This is what it's saying. She's adorned, so it's wrapped in a ritualistic. Religious system. Now, here's the thing. It only makes sense because even today, do you know most people, when they think of church, they really think of church in terms of ritual. Do you understand? In fact, you know, there's, there's a big thing, there's a big debate going on about what kind of how your church should look. You know, what should it be like, uh, look like a warehouse or should it look like a church? And so they asked unbelievers, what do you expect of a church? And they expect a church to look like a church. Do you understand what I'm saying? So when people consider religion, they want, they consider whether they go there or not, they're thinking in terms of the way it looks. And so this great false religious system has all the trappings of ritualistic religion. Now, the character of the whore is revealed in her names. The character of the whore is revealed in her names. And look at her names. Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. So that's her character. She's, she's evil. But verse 6 is really the key thing I want you to see. 
the whore is responsible for the deaths of true believers. But, folks, this has been true throughout history. There have been many martyrs in the name, martyrs for Jesus Christ in the name of religion. Do you understand what I'm saying? There have been many martyrs. Now, you understand, this is one of the reasons why during the Reformation period that they thought it, they, the commonly held viewpoint was it was the Catholic Church, because during that time there were many martyrs who were being executed by the Catholic Church for the Reformation. So it, it kind of fit the description. But here's what I'm saying to you. There have been many martyrs since then, and it hasn't been the Catholic Church. It's been other religious systems. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is why I'm saying this is an overall picture of a false religious system embraced by the governments, and it's resulted in the death of many true believers. Now, here's the significance of the harlot. We're going to spend the rest of our time here. Look with me at 7 through... Well, look, we're going to spend 7 through 14. But the angel said to me, Why do you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries her, which has the seven heads and the ten horns. The beast that you saw was and is not, and will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go to perdition. And those who dwell on the earth will marvel, whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they see the beast that was and is not and yet is. Here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. There is also seven kings. Five have fallen. One is and the other has not yet come. When he comes, he must continue a short time. The beast that was and is not is himself also the eighth and is, is of the seven and is going to perdition. The ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have received no kingdom as yet, but they receive authority for one hour as the kings with the beast. These are of one mind. And they will give their power and authority to the beast. These will make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and those who are with him are called chosen and faithful. Okay, let's take a look here. First of all, the significance. The angel explain, will explain the meaning of the whore and the beast. So first thing he tells us there in verse 7 is that the angel is going to explain the meaning of the whore and the beast. The beast will be empowered by Satan. This false... Okay, first of all, the beast will be empowered by Satan. The Antichrist is empowered by Satan. And again, he will have influence over the world. Now, let me just stop for a moment. Is there anybody like that right now? Is there anybody like that? Is there any world leader? Is it Sarkozy in France? Does he have that kind of, you know? Is it Cameron over in England? Does he have that kind of power? Is it Obama? No. There is no leader like that that has influence over the entire world. That everybody's saying, yeah, he's the dude. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's, nobody's saying that. But this is some future ruler. All right, look at the seven empires. 
The whore is supported by seven kingdoms or governments. The whore is supported by seven kingdoms or governments. Now, he goes on and tells us that five of these have passed already, which we know from the Bible are five empires that have already existed, and I'll tell you what they are. Five empires have passed, and here's what they are. The first empire, anybody know what it was? Egypt, from the Old Testament. Book of Daniel will help you here. Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Persia, and Greece, which was Alexander the Great. Those five have passed. See, there's a connection between here and the book of Daniel. So here's what I'm trying to say to you. These, think about it now, this is a whore that's been supported by what? These kingdoms. Now, how long ago did Alexander the Great live, folks? Almost 3,000 years ago. Okay, so you understand this is a false religious system that really is guiding the control of people. And do and you understand? Now, I understand some of you maybe have read, read Chick Tracks in your past or Trick magazines or something where they talk about how, you know, there's certain things have moved forward through all of these religious systems that are present now. That may be true, but, I mean, I don't get too wrapped up in a Chick Track. Here's what I want you to see. Five empires have passed, and he's saying the current king, well, which is during his time, who was the current king? The emperor of who? Rome. So that's the sixth government. The five have already passed. One exists right now with the time of this writing of this book, which was ancient Rome. And he says what? There will be what? A future world empire. A future world empire. Then he goes on and says that there's an eighth king. Verse 11, he points out that the beast, the Antichrist, is the eighth king. Now, verses 12 through 14 are pointing to something that is completely future. And here's what it's pointing to. There will be ten future governments... The future ten governments will support the Antichrist. Because it says they're only going to be there for one hour. So they're only going to be in existence for a short period of time. There are going to be ten future governments, some kind of regional government, whatever it may be. We really don't need to worry about it. But there's going to be ten future governments in the world, and they're going to support for a short time the Antichrist. And here's what I want you to see. These governments will make war on the followers of the Lamb. Now, who's that, folks? Christians. Believers. And then notice with me verse 15 through 18. This is where we're going to finish up. The punishment. This is where she faces judgment now. 15 through 18. Then he said to me, The waters which you saw where the harlot sits are peoples, multitudes, nations, and tongues. And the ten horns which you saw on the beast, these will hate the harlot, make her desolate and naked, eat her flesh, and burn her with fire. For God has put it in their hearts to fulfill his purpose, to be of one mind, to give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. 
And the woman whom you saw is that great city which reigns over the kings of the earth. So let's notice what it's saying here. First of all, the judgment. He talks about the waters. The whore will have authority over peoples of the world. The whore will have authority over peoples of the world. Verse 16 and 17, here's what it's telling you now. She's betrayed. The whore is betrayed. The kingdoms of the world will turn on the whore and destroy her. Here's what's going to happen. This whore, this false religious system, is embraced by governments as long as it's fulfilling the purpose that the governments want to have, as long as it's fulfilling the satanic purpose ultimately. So, I mean, because it's, you know, like Mark says, it's an opiate of the people, and it is a controlling factor with people religion is. And as long as this system is fulfilling its purpose, it's okay. But at some point, you have to understand, in that final hour, I mean, the big guys at the top, the Antichrist, the peace, he has ten governments that are formed at that time, and they're giving their support. They don't really need this whore anymore. They don't need this false religious system anymore. You understand? Its purpose is complete at that time. So guess what? They turn on her. They destroy this religious system. You understand? They, they wipe it out. It's like it's no longer needed. So we're going to get rid of it. You understand? It's going to be gotten rid of. The kingdoms of this world will turn on the whore and betray her. And then, notice something, verse 18 tells us exactly another picture of who she is. The whore is a great city of influence. It's a great city of influence. The whole aspect of this religious system that permeates the world at that time, that has influence over the world, is going to be centered in one place. And isn't that how religions are? You understand what I'm saying? Isn't that how religions are? Because religions usually have their center somewhere, don't they? I mean, you turn, you go to somewhere. For, for, so for instance, for Islam, it's where? They pray towards what? Mecca, which is in Saudi Arabia. For, for a majority of Christians, it's Rome. Do you, do you understand? There are, there are other places, other religious systems that have a focus on a holy city or something. Do you understand where that's the influence of that religion comes out of that place? Well, what I want you to see is this false religion is going to be centered in some great city. And let's not try to speculate what it is. Some people say, well, you know, she's on seven mountains, so let's see. There's seven mountains in Rome. You know, folks, there are seven mountains surrounding Kerwinville. Did you know what I'm saying? It's Kerwinsville. We better move. Do you know what I'm saying? You know, so, I mean, but what we're looking at is into the future, what's going to happen. All you need to know from this passage is, whoever she is, whatever the system is, is going to be destroyed. That's really all that matters. Next week, we're going to look at, then, the judgment of Babylon itself, of the government, of the economic system. And it's going to be interesting as we look at that, because you're going to see some things that when she falls, nations will mourn, merchants will mourn, 
Let's close our time in prayer and we'll get ready for the morning worship service.